Welcome to the Connect Church Podcast. Our mission at Connect Church is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information on who we are and how we're doing just that, visit myconnectchurch.cc. Uh, several months ago now, we began to be on a search for not only a person, but a, but a path of what God was calling us to. And over the last few years, I know that there's been a lot of change and structures and name changes and all sorts of things. And, uh, you know, I believe that all of those played a part. I don't think we missed anything, but all of those played a part, those little tweaks so that we would learn to ask questions that we probably wouldn't have asked where we were. And so, was, uh, you know, we had uh, a next opportunity to hire, begin to really clarify what God has been calling us to be and to do. And, uh, and so we begin to pray about, you know, who that may be and uh, the qualifications. And of course, you know, Trevor, Trevor came up and... Uh, I won't tell you the whole story today. You've heard about it in part. We've given you several opportunities to get to meet he and his family over the last few days. And, uh, and so I've asked, I've asked Trevor, you know, he's, he's come this weekend to kind of share uh, with anyone interested in his heart and his philosophy of ministry and kind of what we can expect in a couple of weeks. I believe it's J- July 10th. Does that sound right? Uh, whatever that second Sunday is in July, we'll give you the break over the 4th. Uh, but that next Sunday, we'll, we'll actually vote uh, whether or not we believe that, uh, that Trevor is, is the direction that we need to head. So uh, I will say that uh, we brought Trevor out here, and the staff spent some time with him, and the deacons were able to spend some time with him. This was oh, a month or so back, and unanimously decided to bring him before you for a vote. And so uh, we're very grateful for the unity that we've already seemed to, to be experiencing. Uh, so... I'm going to ask Trevor if you would go ahead and come and uh, just share with us what the Lord has laid on your heart. And as he comes, I'd like to force just to go to the Lord in prayer one more time. Lord, I just pray uh, this morning that, uh, that you would uh, give us ears to hear, help us not just to hear Trevor, but I pray that you would help us to hear uh, what your spirit says to the church. I pray that you would uh, inspire us, motivate us. I pray that we would hear some things, maybe even in a different way, that might challenge us um, in, in, in our thinking and in our processing. And uh, I pray that you would continue to do. You know, in a, in, a, in a season where a lot of churches are scratching their heads, Lord, I pray that you would continue to give us your energy. I do thank you for those that are here this morning, and I just pray that you would give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Blaine. Well, good morning. My name is Trevor Holden, and it is a joy to be with you this morning. We showed up on Thursday, and uh, we've been hanging out here all weekend, and uh, it's been awesome to be in Russellville. It's a beautiful area. Uh, And if there's one thing that I've learned about Russellville, or or Connect Church at least, uh, is that you people feed really well. Like I've ate some really good food. I went to Johnny's on Friday and I got, yeah, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. I went to Johnny's on Friday and I got a steak spud and it was delicious. I also got a Chicago hot dog and it was awesome. I went to, uh, we had pasta grill on Friday night and it was delicious. The church fed us and we got to meet with the staff. Uh, We had a great time. We had the infamous uh, Crystal Lane fried tacos for lunch on Saturday. uh, And those are amazing. Uh, 
uh, and then last night we got some Slim Chickens, and, and you people feed really well. And last year, I, my wife and I, we served on Truth and Peace, which is a student leadership conference uh, led by someone you might know, Alan Pointer, uh, and we stopped here uh, on our way to Memphis to go to the National, and we all ate all of this pasta grill, and it was delicious, so much so that our bus driver had like two, three, maybe four helpings of food, like loved it. And the other bus driver's like, like, whoa, 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 like you need to slow down a little bit. You're about to drive a bunch of teenagers for a couple hours. We got on the road and this guy is genuinely falling asleep. We had to, I had to tell him to pull over and, he, and ask him if he wanted an energy drink or anything. And, and it, was, it was bad. Like you guys put this guy in a food coma. I know that's typically a joke, but you like genuinely... I thought I was, might die that day, but as we made it, we did make it, so if you were concerned. But hey, uh, we, we love being here. Russellville is, is a really great place. I've been here a few times uh, and got to visit here, and it's always a treasure to be able to, to come here and visit with you guys. And today, I'm excited to be here. Uh, Blaine uh, made sure I felt the pressure there. Yeah, the vote's in a couple weeks. Uh, but uh, no, we're excited about it, and uh, I want you to meet my family. I think that there might be a picture of us on, yeah, there we are. Uh, we we have my wife. Her name is Emma, and I just saw her back here, uh, and she is wonderful. She is the heart of our home, and she is a registered nurse, so she keeps me uh, out of trouble and alive, which is awesome, and she is just awesome. She's staying home with our boys as a stay-at-home mom, and she uh, is what she calls making tiny disciples. That's what she loves to do, and that's, that's her passion. And so uh, my oldest is Brooks. He is three, and he just uh, he was just potty trained, finally, thank the Lord for that. Uh, he also just set a record for the most questions asked in a minute last week, um, and it's really impressive, so make sure you talk to him after church. And then the small one right there, uh, who looks like he just, he has a 401k and a career already with the comb over, uh, that's Tate. Uh, he has actually lost all of that hair at this point. He's almost bald, so he is growing in some nice blonde hair. But he is so cute. He's five months old. So if you get a chance after church, go say hi to him, and he will give you the cutest and most beautiful smile that you have ever seen. Um, well, I, I just Blaine asked me if I would just share my story with you today uh, and a little bit about my philosophy of ministry, and so I'm excited about that. And uh, so I want to tell you a little bit about where I came from uh, and what, how I came to faith. So I, I'm actually from Searcy, Arkansas, which is just two hours from here. Uh, and so Woopig, go hogs, right? Uh, they, they didn't get it done on the, on the diamonds this past week, but, you know, uh, big fan, and I, and I love to be able to support the hogs in Nashville. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and that's where I live now with my wife and kids, and uh, we have lived there for 10 years um, I started going to church whenever I was young with my grandparents. Uh, they were the only Christian influence that I had in all of Searcy, where I grew up. My parents, uh, my mom and my stepdad, not church going. And uh, of course, then my, my siblings weren't either. I have a brother, his name's Dylan. He's actually my twin. And I have two sisters who live in California. Their names are Karen and Teresa. And they're a, a bit older than me. But Within my home, there was no Christian influence at all. So I did not grow up in Sunday school uh, in like elementary and preschool on Sunday morning. That's not, that's, I didn't get to do that as, uh, as much as I probably uh, wanted to. But whenever I was growing up, 
I was in third grade, and there was a friend that just moved in from Indiana, and his name was Corey, and he was my friend. He invited me to church, to South Heights Free Will Baptist Church in Searcy, Arkansas, uh, and it turns out when I showed up, his dad's the pastor. His, his dad was Tim Harris, Sheila Harris. They currently pastor in Conway, Arkansas, and they were incredible, uh, and they actually picked me and my brother up every Sunday and Wednesday for like four or five years uh, in order for me to go to church because my family did not take us, right? Like that was how I went to church was from these people in the church that just loved and cared for me and, and wanted to see my face on Sunday morning in the church. And, and they taught me scripture and they, they discipled me. And, and when I was 10 years old, I was at a revival and it was there that I, I realized as a little 10 year old and my brother as well that, that we uh, we were sinners, uh, that our, our sin was the, the, the gravity and the immensity of, of our rebellion against God. Uh, and, and we realized that. And, and, and as a 10-year-old and as a person that didn't come from a Christian home, I had always thought that Christianity was all about following rules and living a certain way, and you had to, you had to do more good than bad, right? Uh, and and I, I just didn't understand what it meant to be saved by grace. And, and it's when I read Ephesians 2, uh, that I, I, it, it transformed my life. Uh, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not, it's not of your own works, but is the gift of God. And, and that freed me from, from this misunderstanding of what it meant to follow Jesus. And in, on that day, I, I decided I would follow Jesus and surrender my life. Romans 12, 2 was a very pivotal verse for me as I was growing up, uh, talking about live, as a living sacrifice and what that meant to, to give up my life to Jesus and do that daily, to take up my cross and follow him. And, and so I, I remember being incredibly frustrated whenever I was, when I was in my teen years because I had this zeal and this passion to, to be the mission of the, to the hands and feet of Jesus and to, to do the Great Commission, but when I was home, I didn't get that encouragement, right? Like, I, I didn't have that spiritual fruit at home to encourage me and to disciple me, and so my only spiritual like influence was the people that I had at church and the friends that I had at school. And, and it's those people that transformed the way that I thought about following Jesus and, and the way that I just operated as a Christian. And they taught me everything I, I needed to know. But I remember just being so frustrated. And so whenever I graduated high school, uh, I ended up going to the Bible college in Nashville, Tennessee, because I wanted desperately to have training for a career uh, from a biblical perspective. I wanted to be able to teach uh, students uh, whatever subject I could get qualified for. Uh, and and that's, that's what I went for because I genuinely wanted to help students as they were struggling in, in whatever season of life they were in uh, and, and help them to see that Jesus loves them and that, that he wants to have a relationship with them. And so I started teaching whenever I was 22. I remember being in a Mount Juliet High School and uh, I was 22 years old, and I was teaching seniors. They were 18. So you can imagine the, uh, how fun that was. I remember getting cussed out a few times by some students, and I was just like, man, I don't know if this is for me. So I ended up moving the next semester to a Christian school to teach at Donaldson Christian Academy. It's actually where my wife went to school and her sisters. Um, and so I've been there for the past five years 
teaching history for three years and then the last two years teaching Bible. Um, my role is the director of spiritual life. And so I run the chapel program there uh, and I get the opportunity to speak to about 350 students in chapel every Monday uh, and then lead and equip people in our, in our school to lead small groups uh, and to guide them and our students in conversation and just to, to help them walk through and, and navigate the challenges that students are facing in our culture today, uh, which, which is a big task, right? Like you think about a student who is in school right now and, and the life that they see in a, in a school versus what they see in the church, it, it is like two totally different pictures. And you could probably imagine that a lot of students have a lot of questions. Uh, and so one of the things that I get to do as well is teach Bible 12. Uh, it's a Christian or it's a Bible uh, class for uh, apologetics and worldview. And I recently graduated from seminary and finished that. And so I'm thankful to be done with graduate school. But I got the opportunity to teach students what it means to follow Jesus and, and that if they have questions about that, that there's great answers for those questions. Uh, because when I was in college, I faced an incredible amount of doubt I doubted so much in college, and I was so scared to tell people, right? Like, when you go to Bible college, you're, I had this perception that everybody had it figured out already, right? Like, if I told people that I was struggling with my faith, like, I would be shunned from the school, right? Because we're, it's Bible college. We're here to learn, right? And, and so I was, I was so, so, like, caught up in that and my pride and my arrogance to not ask someone those questions that I was facing and, and uh, have someone walk along with me. And it was in my freshman year that I, I finally got rid of that pride and arrogance and, and I began seeking out answers. And so I gained a passion for just helping people to uh, find those answers that they have. So that leads me to where I am today, which is, uh, you're probably wondering, well, if you're teaching at DCA and you love it, then what, do you, what are you doing here? Um, well, my wife and I, as I told you earlier, we, we serve at Truth and Peace on staff. It's where I met Haley Rogers last year, uh, and she's awesome. And uh, we had a great time, and I was, I was watching all of these Free Will Baptist students just worshiping the Lord and training in, in, in just being able to lead in their youth groups. And I thought, man, like, I love training students at DCA, but the amount of influence Free Will Baptists have had on my life I would love the opportunity to be in a local church where I can pour back into the students of the Free Will Baptist denomination and, and, and just guide them in truth and, and help them to find and follow Jesus as Connect Church is all about. And, and I just think that is incredible. And, and so that's, that's where we're at today. And so we're here before you today as, as uh, candidates for this position. And I just want you to know, like, we are a family that just loves Jesus and wants to love your kids and, and love you and, and give you uh, all of the resources and things that you need uh, to, to find and follow Jesus and to serve the River Valley, which I love when I look over there. It says, we are for the River Valley. That's one of the things I saw on the website when I first looked at uh, Connect Church is for the River Valley. I love that because you get to become the hands and feet of Jesus and, and you take pride in that. So that's a little bit about my story. And now I would love just to take an opportunity to share a little bit about my philosophy. And uh, I have three words that really sum up my philosophy and how I apply that to student ministry. So if you're not aware, and this is the first time you're hearing about this, Blake is transitioning to a different role within the church, and, and I will be over basically all of the next generation ministries here from preschool to college, right? And so the title is Pastor of Spiritual Formation, and I will get the opportunity 
opportunity to equip and empower directors that are in preschool, elementary, and middle school and give them just resources and empower them to do ministry in those contexts. And then I will, I will direct uh, high school and college. So if, if that's the first time that you'd heard that, just make sure there's clarity there. And, and also when I share this philosophy, I want you to understand that when I talk, say the word student ministry, it's for the sake of not saying a bunch of words. Uh, and I mean all students, right? Preschool all the way up to college. Uh, I know that term typically is used for like seventh through 12th grade or you know, middle school and high school. So um, anyways, I wanna share these with you. They are believe, or belong, believe, and become. It's three words that I think is what helps students have lasting faith after they finish with student ministry, right? On into their adult years. Belong, believe, and become. Uh, belong, a highly relational ministry led by loving and caring adults. Uh, believe aims to deep, have a deeply scriptural ministry rooted in the truth of God's word and the power of the gospel. And then finally, become a truly experiential ministry designed to move kids from simulation in a classroom to real world application of faith, faith-based living. And so I've, I've, when I was at DCA, this is, what, this is what drives everything that I do within ministry is these three things. And I try to wrap everything around this. And, and I want to just bring this, uh, kind of flesh this out for you this morning and, and kind of how that I do this. Um, this is very biblical. This is the way that Jesus did ministry. He created a, a, he had a relational ministry where Jesus had people that had a belonging, right? He made his disciples feel like they belonged, that they were his, right? And, and he helped them and trained them in righteousness and discipled them. And so he helped them to believe. And then finally, he, he helped them to become the ministry of what he was trying to accomplish. He helped them to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so that's the word, that's the word become. So I have a core question. That, that, that I ask in ministry, and that, it's that, what does Connect Church do in student ministry that is most likely to form lasting faith in students? That's the core question that I believe is so important for us to, to ask, because child discipleship is, is the most crucial question that we could be asking for the future of the church, how do we train students to have lasting faith? Well, they will grasp onto that and they will, they will belong within a community, a church, that they will have belief in the, in the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that they will become servants who will, who will send people out and, and to help people see who Jesus is, to find and follow Jesus. And so I, there are a lot of scripture that I could point to, but I've basically picked one for each of these. And so I want to walk through these just really quickly. Uh, belong, I picked Matthew 19, verses 13 through 14. They might be on the screen here. Then children were bought, brought to him, that being Jesus, that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people. So Jesus is teaching and, and doing ministry and the, these children are brought to him, right? And the disciples, they, they rebuked those people for bringing the children. 
The disciple, rebuke is kind of like criticizing or disagreeing with, right? And so when, when the disciples did this, it's like they were, they were like, you know, children are like an extension of the church. They, they're like separate, you know, we, we, we don't really want that. They're maybe not ready for the spiritual nourishment that Jesus provides. They might not be able to grasp the concepts that he's talking about, and we don't even grasp the concepts that he's talking about. So how would the children grasp these things? But what does Jesus say? He says, but Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. I love the fact that when we are worshiping together in service this, this morning, that the children are in here. Because Jesus says, don't hinder them from being a part of the body of Christ, the church, because they are just as much as, of the church as, as, uh, as adults are, right? And he goes on and says, they belong to the kingdom of God. Children matter to Jesus. And so everything that we do in ministry, like in, within a ministry should always create a sense of belonging, that students and children should feel like they belong at Connect Church. And, and, and that's a passion of mine. And when I was at DCA, I wanted students to feel like they belonged and that they had someone in their life that would pour into them. I've recently done some uh, talking with uh, one, of a, one of my friends. His name is Matt Markins. He is, works for Awana. And they work with Barna, uh, which is a Christian research group. And they've come up with these staggering statistics about what it means to be a mentor in a church. And I just want to share these with you. I think that they are here. Here we go. Uh, so this, this was a survey they did last year, and they just published this this June. And there's a book uh, that I can tell you what the title is uh, after service if you want to come find it. But they basically took a survey of all parents, or, or a, a sample size of 1,000 church-going parents, and they were supposed to answer whether or not their child had a loving and caring relationship with an adult at their church. And this is what they found, that 39%, two out of five children in the children's ministry, have a, menace, a positive, meaningful relationship with a mentoring adult, which is, which is great. Like 39%, I feel like with a relationship with an adult, maybe that's okay, but 60%, that's a lot of children that don't have a relationship with an adult. And what they found is that a student who is, has a relationship with an adult within the church, a loving and caring relationship, they are far more likely to be incredible disciples, that they would be rooted in scripture, they'd be grounded in the life of the church, and they'd move towards generous countercultural behavior. This is some, some charts are about to show up here. I don't want to scare you, but if you'll go to the next one. This is what they found. They, they basically separated the answers between a relationship with a meaningful adult versus those that didn't have a relationship with a meaningful adult. And so in thinking about how your children interact with church and children's ministry, how much would you agree or disagree with the following? This is referring to belonging, right? So my child has friends at church. 81% that had a meaningful adult relationship said yes. 43% uh, said yes if they didn't have a meaningful relationship with church. That's a, that's a large gap. I'm not gonna go through all of these, but what I want you to focus on is the disparity between green versus gray, right? So you look at these, these all are all belonging. Go to the next slide. These re refer to beliefs. So my child memorizes Bible verses or creeds. 64% say yes it, when they have a meaningful adult relationship. Only 24% say no, right? So like 
you, you kind of see the trend here. Keep going to the next slide. There's a whole bunch of things that they have found, and it all is rooted in the idea that a child has a meaningful and loving relationship with an adult in a church. What does that tell us, church? That tells us that adults, you and I, have, have incredible influence on whether or not students are having lasting faith into the future. That means that volunteers within this church have an incredible impact and influence on the effectiveness of ministry. If there's ever been a reason for you to be excited about the, the volunteer work that you're doing, the kingdom work that you're doing every single week, this should be it, right? Like, I understand what it means to be a volunteer. I volunteer as a senior life group leader right now with my wife at the church we attend in, in Nashville. And sometimes it's a drag to be able to get up and, and, and teach three seniors who aren't bought in, right? But I understand that the work that I am doing is not because of me, that it's not me that's, that's providing these students with what they need. It's, it's God using me and giving me uh, and empowering me to give them the message that they need to hear, which is that Jesus loves them, that he has died for them, and that he wants to have a relationship with them, right? And so if you, if you don't volunteer in the church here today, I want to encourage you, like, this is kingdom work that matters right here. And, and we want to create a sense of belonging for children where they belong to the church. And what better way than have a mentoring relationship with, with a young person? Uh, and, and I think that's incredibly powerful and important. Uh, so let's go to the second word. The second word is believe. Believe we aim to have a deeply scriptural ministry rooted in truth of God's word and the power of the gospel. Deuteronomy Chapter 6, verse 4, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, belonging, right? The Lord our God, belonging. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. Deuteronomy 6 gives us the understanding for what discipleship looks like, that, that God gives us the commandments that we should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these, and these words that we, that we hear from the Lord is, is revelation to us to say, hey, like, you belong to me. When we talk about belonging, it's not just that students belong within the community of the church, like, they also belong to God. Right, think about the, the, the scope of all of Scripture. Genesis 1.27, we are created in the image of God, right? We belong to him. He gave his, uh, he, Abraham, when he gave his covenant with him, he said that I will send someone to save the world and come through the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Be why? Because my people belong to me, right? And then when Jesus became flesh, John 1.14 Jesus becomes flesh. Why? Because he came to save those that belong to him. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Well, you can't be lost if you didn't originally have identity and, and a home in a belonging to something else, right? And so we belong to the Lord. The entire point of the incarnation is that we belong to God. And we got to point 
students to that. We gotta help them understand that their identity is in God and who he says that they are, not who the world says that they are. And one of those things we do to help them do that is, is discipleship. We help them to believe. I'm so thankful for the people in my life, Tim Harris, Trent Langhofer, Tim Harper, uh, who all poured into me and helped me have this foundation of faith whenever I wasn't getting that at home. It was people in the church who was doing that, who did that for me. Uh, and I'm forever indebted to, to them for, for being willing to sacrifice uh, to pour into my life so that I could have faith in who Jesus is and what he's done for me. And, and so when we think about God's word, God's word is unchanging, it is authoritative, and it's sufficient for our lives. And, and if God's word is inspired, infallible, and errant, which basically inspired is like God's word is God-breathed, superintended by, through human authors, inerrancy is like without error, and then infallibility is God's not trying to trick us, right? It's true, right? Like God's word is all of those things. And so if that's, if it's unchanging, right, then that should be what is our filter or our compass for understanding how we navigate the world. And so the number one thing that we can do within ministry as far as helping students believe is to make sure that they are rooted in scripture, because scripture is unchanging, that, that scripture is just a, an outpouring of God's character and who he is, and, and because God is unchanging, his word is unchanging. And so when we lean in and we, and we dig deep into God's word, that is how we are able to find an identity and who we are and also our purpose and what we're supposed to be doing, what we're, we're called to do. Which brings me to my third word, which is become. Student ministry should truly be a truly experiential ministry designed to move kids from simulation to real-world application of faith-based living. In other words, discipleship can't stop in the classroom. The classroom is an incredible avenue for training and teaching students, but it's never going to be applied to their life if they're never able to apply it to their life, right? Like they gotta be out serving in, in the church, in the community, and given the opportunity to, to be a part of and belong to the community of the church. And Jesus said, do not hinder them, right? Do not hinder them from being a part of that. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the mission, helping people find and follow Jesus. That is what Connect is all about. And most specifically, within the River Valley, right? Like a lot of people are called to go to Uganda and called to go to uh, all kinds of places in the world. Uh, but a lot of us are called to the River Valley, and that is our mission field, and that's what we're called to do, and we should also empower our students to do that. Not just students with students, but inter intergen uh, intergenerational connections, right? Like students working with senior adults and senior adults working with students and adults partnering with children to be able to help them see, okay, what does it mean to follow Jesus, and how does that work? It's, it's the other side of discipleship that I think that this church does incredibly well. And I love that, that this is such a mission-minded church. And, and, I, and we would want to continue that, obviously, as, as long as we can. Teaching them to observe, verse 20, all that I have commanded you. There's the believe component. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Belong, right? 
So Jesus' ministry, you see, these are just three examples in Scripture, but Jesus' ministry is very much about belong, believe, and become. And, and you might be asking, like, okay, well, where did you come up with it? Why do you believe in this so much? Well, this is because this is my story. When I was a student searching for a community of believers of faith that were, that were going to build me and encourage me, like, I needed belonging, I didn't have that at home, right? I, I didn't have that. My father died when I was two. I didn't have a fatherly presence in the home to be able to guide me and tell me like, hey, this is what it means to use a saw, right? Or this is what it means to fish, right? Like those weren't things that were common within my life. And, and, and I desperately yearned for those spiritual giants in my life who were gonna show me, hey, this is what a marriage looks like. This is what it means to parent. This is what it means to just be an ordinary citizen in Searcy, Arkansas, right? Like, like those things I didn't get. I had a, an amazing mom. She is incredible. Um, and, and I'm praying that one day that she's going to be like the prodigal son who who's, comes back to, to the father and, and the father's gonna embrace her and, and my, all of my family. And I'm praying for that. It's been a prayer for a long time. Uh, but for me in my life, like I yearned for belonging, and, and it was people in a church who were willing to sacrifice. They were willing to come and pick me up on Sundays and Wednesdays. It was, it was them wanting to disciple me and train me. Trent and Kirsten Langhofer, they, after Tim Harris left to go work for Camp Beaverfort, Trent and Kirsten Langhofer came from Kansas, and, and they were the youth leaders. And they kept picking me up from church, and my brother, if he would come. And whenever that happened, it just meant so much. I had a football coach, Tim Harper, who was, showed me what it meant to be a teacher, a coach, and a pastor. And, and that gave me a, a passion for, for coaching. And, and I've been coaching four sports for five years, and, and it's a joy to be able to just be an influence in students' life. My story belong, believe, and become. And students, if, if you're in here this morning, I just want to encourage you uh, that you have gifts and an abilities that God has gifted you with that you might not even realize that you have. You might not have confidence in those abilities yet, but it takes training and it takes a heart that's willing just to say, God, just use me. Use me for your kingdom. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. I, I don't know. I don't have people at home that, are, that have to encourage me. I'm gonna get up on Sunday morning when, when no one's going to church in my family and I'm gonna drive myself to church when I'm the only person in the youth group. Why? Because I find belonging in the church and they, and they want me to be trained in righteousness and ultimately they, they believe in me. And students, you have to understand that this, this group of people right here, if I know anything about Connect Church as much as I've, I've been around, is that there are a, this is a unique place of loving and caring adults who want to see you belong here and believe in who Jesus is and what he's done for you and also become the hands and feet of Jesus. And so that's my prayer uh, for this church and that's my prayer for uh, you students. And, and I'm so glad to be in front of you today and, and, and I'll be hanging out up here afterwards and so I'd love to talk to you if I haven't met you yet. Uh, and so I'd just love to pray for you and then I'll, and Blaine will come back up if that's okay. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and God, I'm just Thankful for the opportunity to be in here this morning, that you have always given me opportunities that I probably was never prepared for or ready for, um, but you've, your, your hand is always there to guide me and direct me, and, and, and God, you're here for this church. You're here to provide uh, a place where they, 
they can love you and worship you and also serve uh, alongside each other. And, and God, I just pray for this church as, as they are continually to just be, a, be a, a beacon of light in the River Valley, that they would l- just lean into that and that they would ultimately choose to, to glorify you in all that they do and, and ultimately point to you. Uh, in everything that they, we, that they do. We love you, God. We thank you for uh, just your grace and your mercy and, and the, the offering of your son for us, even when we didn't deserve it. And, and we thank you for, for the cross. And, and God, we just pray that you would be with these people this morning. If they were yearning for, uh, for a relationship with you, that they would, they would be willing to, to give their life uh, and just ask the questions and, and be bold and brave to do that. God, we love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Connect Church, for letting me be here this morning. Thank you, Trevor. And they won't applaud every week when you're done. <clears throat> you know, uh, I was just thinking about the, a lot of the things that Trevor talked about in his own personal story and uh, a lot of the, the uh, dark, dark moments that nobody would ask, you know, for themselves, you know, growing up without a, you know, death of a father and, you know, no, um, no, no faith in the home and you know, all, the, all of those things. And he's like, man, no, nobody would ask for that. But I just want to remind you this day how, how the Lord takes those, those, those things out of our life that we wouldn't want and is able to take them and do some things with them. And uh, they, they guide us and they help us become what God's called us to be. And so um, very grateful for your story. It's certainly a redemptive one. And uh, very grateful that uh, that Lord is continuing to use you. Um, let me just pray over us as we go. Lord, I just thank you for this church. I thank you for its its history. Uh, thank you for we know that that this church was was birthed uh, seventy five years ago out of a mandate. Um, and and I pray that we're faithful to that. Um, thank you for the shoulders that we stand on today. Uh, the legacy of faith and the names that uh, we have forgotten, but the kingdom hasn't, that have have formed a pathway in the River Valley uh, for our church. And uh, just thankful for those that are in our church that have been here for so long and helped to navigate and keep us um, centered on uh, on the mission. And I just thank you for those, Lord, that this day is their very first day. And uh, and I just pray that you would give us all that sense of belonging to you and to your kingdom. And, and I just, uh, Lord, I just ask as we are processing uh, what it looks like to be the best um, disciples and disciple makers, um, I pray that you would continue to give us your wisdom. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for all that you have done, do, and are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need help finding or taking your next step, send us a message at hello at myconnectchurch.cc.